There are many examples throughout the Bible where people were able to earn the respect of enemies by finding favor before the Lord, by doing as the Lord commands. And in turn, the integrity these people showed were able to win others that were lost to find their own faith in God. Their lifestyle helped others around them see God in their lives and want to have God in their lives also. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. In today's message, we'll be talking about the importance of having integrity. In a world where everyone chooses to have their own brand of morality, and that their standard usually does not align with God's principles, the world needs people of integrity now more than ever. We need to have integrity so that the darkness does not do away with the opportunities that are necessary for people to still find salvation. When we lead a life of integrity before the Lord, that makes the Christian testimony still possible and evident. Today's message is inspired on 1 Samuel chapter 29. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessed be your name. Hallowed and glorified and exalted over you, O Lord God. Heavenly Father, please forgive my sins. Please, Heavenly Father, remember us in your mercy and in your grace. Please never abandon us or forsake us, O Lord. Lord God, may your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Heavenly Father, I pray humbly in the name of Jesus for your guidance. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to be able to take on the characteristics that bring honor and glory to your name and also those things that help us to find your salvation, to be able to do your will, Lord God, on earth, and that we might be found worthy before you through Jesus Christ. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's passage can be found in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 29. This is the word of the Lord. Then the Philistines gathered together all their armies at Ephek, and the Israelites encamped by a fountain, which is in Jezreel. And the lords of the Philistines passed in review by hundreds and by thousands, but David and his men passed in review at the rear with Achish. Then the princes of the Philistines said, What are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish said to the princes of the Philistines, Is this not David, the servant of Saul, king of Israel, who has been with me these days or these years? And to this day I have found no fault in him since he defected to me. But the princes of the Philistines were angry with him, so the princes of the Philistines said to him, Make this fellow return, that he may go back to the place which you have appointed for him, and do not let him go down with us to battle, lest in the battle he become our adversary. For with what could he reconcile himself to his master, if not with the heads of these men? Is this not David, of whom they sang to one another in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? Then Achish called David and said to him, Surely, as the Lord lives, you have been upright, and you are going out, and your coming in with me in the army is good in my sight. For to this day I have not found evil in you since the day of your coming to me. 
Nevertheless, the lords do not favor you. Therefore, return now and go in peace, that you may not displease the lords of the Philistines. So David said to Achish, But what have I done? And to this day, what have you found in your servant as long as I have been with you, that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my lord the king? Then Achish answered and said to David, I know that you are as good in my sight as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the princes of the Philistines have said, He shall not go up with us to the battle. Now therefore, rise early in the morning with your master's servants who have come with you. And as soon as you are up early in the morning and have light, depart. So David and his men rose early to depart in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines. And the Philistines went up to Jezreel. One of the things we can glean from this passage that is important to take in is that David was a man of integrity. What is integrity? It can be defined as a quality of being honest and having strong moral principles to be trustworthy. This is a trait that is disappearing more and more each day in our society because most people operate more on what they think is right, on their own opinion, rather on what is acceptable to God. Morality is no longer derived from biblical principles, but rather from everyone's subjective point of view. And many people don't even respect the laws they have created themselves for their own society. Many people cheat the system in one way or another. Law enforcement is disrespected throughout based on the premise that police have issues of their own in respecting the law. And what can we say about sexual morality? There is none. Society condones promiscuity and sexual deviance as a personal right. And they will even tell you that adultery is acceptable as long as there is consent from both parties. And if there isn't, then they just simply tell you to make a decision and get a divorce and be happy with that other person that you want to be with. Everything is based on making yourself happy. There is little loyalty. And there's certainly no keeping in mind godly principles. It's a free-for-all. And so integrity is hardly existent because godly morality is just not supported. There is no fear of God. Everyone creates and follows their own brand of morality. As background to the passage we just read, David had gone to live in the land of the Philistines because King Saul was persecuting him unjustly. David had done nothing wrong, yet Saul wanted to kill David and do away with anyone that had any kind of loyalty to David. Therefore, David fled for his life. Now, what is amazing is that despite the fact that David had fought and killed many Philistines before, they allowed him to dwell on their land in peace. We had even read that the Philistines knew about the songs that the women of Israel would sing, mentioning David killing 10,000s of their own Philistine soldiers. So how could David find refuge in a place where he had killed so many of their own military? We can find this answer in the word of God. God makes your enemies be at peace with you, but there is a condition that must be met in order for that to happen. In Proverbs chapter 16, it says, In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. The only way you can please the Lord is when you are found to be a person of integrity before him. If your ways are pleasing to the Lord, if you get your morality, your code, from what God says that is right, then God will deal with your enemies. You can even deal with enemies if you have integrity before the Lord. 
It's not about human power or financial prosperity or even being well-known. God can help anyone have relative peace with those that oppose them if they are found to be worthy before the Lord. I would think that this is something that most people would want. You really can't enjoy what you have unless there is some sort of peace and security in your life. Now, will life be perfect? No, but when you please the Lord, you can find some relative peace here and now from external factors. There may be some folks that might say, I believe and I follow the Lord, but there's always some kind of adversary in my life. We will always have adversaries, but we really need to seek out the Lord and have him tell us what we're doing wrong. It is an error or sin to assume that we're doing it all right. There are things that we do wrong without being fully aware, or probably, more realistically, we don't realize we're doing them wrong because we are so set in our ways and focus only on ourselves. If you try to justify yourself before God and think that you do it all right, that is a sign of pride, and that is definitely a sign that something or some things are very wrong somewhere in your life. We can never assume we get it all right because no one is perfect. There is a very practical side to having integrity and why that helps us even have relative peace with those people that hate us. When we observe biblical principles, we are doing things that help us get along with practically anyone. Just think about it. If you don't lie and are always telling the truth, then people will take you seriously. They can trust you. Even liars don't like being lied to, as ironic as that sounds. If you don't steal, people can trust you. If you don't commit adultery, people can gauge that you are trustworthy. If you are not coveting or envying things and or other people, that gives people a sense of peace and that you don't have ulterior motives. If you keep your word and you do what you say you are going to do, that builds trust. If you stay away from having bad habits like drinking and doing drugs, you are able to effectively do the things you need to do. Being under the influence, whether people want to believe it or not, affects your performance. And if you don't keep your commitments, if you don't give your 100%, how can anyone feel comfortable that you will meet expectations? All of these things are important to people, even to those that do not necessarily follow or even respect God. Pagan kings and authorities have been won over by people who had a high level of integrity before the Lord, like Joseph and how he gained the favor and trust of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and Daniel and how he found grace and respect before various kings like Nebuchadnezzar, Darius, and Cyrus. The prophet Jeremiah found favor before the Babylonian kingdom because he upheld God's principles and message during one of Israel's most pagan and immoral times in history. There are many examples throughout the Bible where people were able to earn the respect of enemies by finding favor before the Lord, by doing as the Lord commands. And in turn, the integrity these people showed were able to win others that were lost to find their own faith in God. Their lifestyle helped others around them see God in their lives and want to have God in their lives also. This brings us to more important reasons for why integrity is of extreme importance. Outside of having some peace with people that surround you, there are more critical reasons for being a person of integrity before the Lord. The main reasons why integrity is important are because it is pleasing to God to help others come to God's truth through personal testimony and because of the coming judgment. Within these reasons, there are two inherent traits that need to be in our lives love and responsibility. We need to have love for God 
love for our neighbor, and we need to bear in mind that we will be held responsible for all of our actions. The first is love for God. The Bible tells us that loving God above everything else is the most important commandment. It's not a commandment in the sense that it's a rule. From a certain point of view, we can say it's a rule, but it is more importantly established as a commandment because it is essential to observe this principle because of its importance. For it is written, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. There is no higher requirement than this before the Lord. This is the priority for everything if you want to have integrity before the Lord. And someone might say, why is loving the Lord so important? There should be a very practical reason for loving the Lord, but your observation of reality must be well in tune, if you will. Sin doesn't allow you to see reality well. It clouds all reasonable judgment and observation. That is why it is so important to repent and to turn away from all sin so you can see reality more clearly. And the reality that you need to see is that we owe absolutely everything to the Lord. We were created and made by the Lord. Your life is not an accident. God allowed for you to come into this world. It wasn't all your mother and father's doing. God allowed for you and I to exist. That's the first thing. The second thing is that you and I continue existing because God wills it to happen. You live, breathe, pump blood, think, function, and so on because of God's say-so. Everything that is within us and around us is where it is and is doing what it does because God allows those things to happen. From what happens in the far reaches of space to the things that happen and exist on this earth here and now to the relative safety that God provides all around you. There is so much dependency on him that is impossible to enumerate all of it. His marvels are everywhere. And of course, his greatest work in our favor is that the fact that he sacrificed his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, so that despite our own sinfulness and the corruption we have brought upon ourselves, we could still have the opportunity of having eternal life. And he did it all of this as a gift, by grace, as something unmerited, and so we owe a great deal to the Lord. So it is only fair to acknowledge all of that as best as we can within our limitations and learn to love him for everything he does for us without any kind of obligation. We must understand this concept of grace, of receiving from the Lord unmeritedly. No one deserves anything from God. God doesn't owe you anything. And if you understand who God is, then you would understand that a person in his position does not have any obligations. He can do whatever he wants as the almighty God of the universe. There is no one that can tell him, you must do this, or this is not right what you are doing. God has ultimate power, and he is not dependent on anything or anyone that exists. He can be who he is without anything or anyone else. It's as simple and as real as that. So all of these things that he does day in and day out for each of us, he does them only because he wants to. That's it. That's how good he is. He keeps himself accountable, but no one else can hold him accountable for anything. We also need to have integrity because this is the way that we can do good to others through the principles that God desires for us to follow. It is also written that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. Having a lifestyle of integrity is the only way a person can show God in their lives so others can see it. 
Words are just words if there is no action behind them, if there is no godly testimony. And people need to see God in some sort of way in our lives so they can believe what we say when we share our faith. Like we mentioned before, others in the past, through their integrity, went over their enemies and were able to find faith in the Lord because of the integrity of people that chose to love God and show their faith through their actions, no matter what their circumstances were. Integrity is the way we show others that faith in God is possible and that it can be lived out in the here and now, despite whatever circumstances and challenges we might face. And finally, unlike God, every single one of us will be held accountable and are responsible for our actions. God does not depend on our court system, on our rules and authorities, and whatever else anyone can think of. We will all need to give an account before the Lord God Almighty. The word of God is very clear on this throughout, and that is why it is so important to do things right before the Lord. That is why everything we do matters. Many believers fall into the error of looking for benefits here and now for doing what is right before the Lord. Although we have mentioned that God can give us favor before our enemies here and now, and that he can give us relative peace all around if we please him, the reward may not necessarily be here and now for doing what is right before him. Our reward is ultimately received on judgment day when we stand before him. That is when doing what is right before him will really matter and what will be most important to us. We have said this time and time again that this world and everything in it will pass someday. Even God's temporary blessings for us that we receive now like our families, our jobs, our homes and so on. All of this will all go away someday. The only thing that remains forever is the spiritual world, what happens after all of this. That is why Jesus always pointed to the future, because that is what really matters. The word of God says this, therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And Jesus gave this warning. And do not fear those who kill the body that cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Who is Jesus talking about here? Who should we fear? God. We really shouldn't worry very much about what people can do to us. We should be much more concerned over what God thinks and about what he is going to do with us. That's why we not only need to love the Lord, we need to fear him, to be mindful about what he thinks, about what he says, about what his opinion is. That's why Paul said before that we try to persuade men, just like God is trying to do through me right now to whoever's listening. Don't worry about the world and about their opinion and about what they can do to you. Worry about the Lord and his opinion. Many believers fall into the error also thinking that we as followers of Jesus Christ will not need to give an account for our actions. But that is wrong. We just read that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and that we will receive the things done in the body, whether good or bad. Some people interpret that we will only face judgment for distribution of rewards, but that is not accurate. We must first stand judgment to see if we have done God's will or not in our lives. The Lord Jesus Christ preached this, where he said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. 
Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. The people of the world do not say, Lord, Lord. The people of the world do not prophesy or preach or cast out demons or do wonders in the name of God. These things are what believers do. Here is another passage that should make fearing God a part of every believer's life. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says, For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fire indignation, which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And so, can we say that believers will not give an account before the Lord? Absolutely not. God will judge his people and those that sin willfully. That continue living a lifestyle of sin will not be found justified before the Lord. This is why everything that we do and the reasons for why we do them are so important. And what people think should not matter to us and whether or not we see the benefit here and now. Eternity is all that really matters, for it is also written, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. God will deal with every person not just taking into consideration their actions, but even more importantly, on their intentions. God through the scriptures draws a very narrow path to eternal life and eternal reward that can only be found through the Lord Jesus Christ and doing as he guides us to do. There is no other way. There is no room for unfounded or subjective opinions. And that is why we must walk in integrity before a holy God that will keep us accountable for everything we do. The only way a person can find integrity and live a life of integrity is through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way. Leading a life of integrity through the Lord is the only way that we can show our love to Him and to our neighbor, and that is through actions. We had talked about how God helps you deal with enemies if you lead a life of integrity before Him. The Word of God also mentions doing certain things that help ensure that we live as peacefully as possible if we do them as part of our lifestyle of pleasing God. For it is written, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good sends rain on the just and on the unjust. And God also says this, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. 
Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Is all of this easy to do? No. But these are just some of the ways that we do the Father's will while here on earth, and what will help us be at peace as much as possible with everyone around us. Our instincts will push us to, at the very least, defend ourselves from our enemies. But of course, our natural tendencies are to want to defeat enemies, to retaliate against them, and to execute vengeance wherever possible. That's what we tend to do. But God's ways, godly integrity, is not designed that way. And praise be to God that he does not react the way we tend to do. Why? Because every one of us were born being God's enemies because of our sinfulness. We were conceived in sin, and we practice sin willfully throughout our lives, and that makes us his enemies. But God, rather than executing immediate judgment on our lives, he is kind and good to give us everything he does all of the time and he prepared a way for us to be reconciled with him through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. God is ultimate good because rather than destroying his enemies, and that's us, he shows us love. And this is something unmerited. This is called grace. And God teaches those of us that have been benefited from his grace to share that same grace with others. Why? Because God wants for all men, no exceptions to come to the knowledge of salvation. The Lord Jesus Christ came to save the world. And so I would urge you that if you don't know this love of God in, yet in your life, if you are still in a position of enmity with God because of your sin, I would urge you to change that through Jesus Christ by repenting and converting from all of your sins and making Jesus Christ the literal and effective Lord of your life so you can be found through Him to live a life of integrity that will change the course of your existence forever. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, you are truly good in every kind of way. And it is so hard to understand for us because we are so short-sighted and because of the sin that we still have in our lives. Heavenly Father, please forgive us. Please have mercy, O Lord, on us. Please, Heavenly Father, help us to understand how important it is to live a life of integrity before you. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to be more like you and to help us to understand, Lord God, that it matters and it's important because you have loved us and because we have gained so much through that love. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for his sacrifice. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that we may be mindful, Lord God, of all the things that you do for us and that we should learn to love you and to love our neighbor and to understand that one day we will give an account for everything that we do. Help us, O oh Lord, 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.